Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Eric Erickson. It is 510. I'm broadcasting live from Monday Night Brewing's garage location. If you have an iPhone, Jesus in your hand, you can just put in Monday Night Garage in the Maps app and get it. I'm not sure that Google, they may direct you to the other location, but I'll make it easy for you. If you want to come on by, text the word beer to 345-345. I will get you the parking lot address, uh, which is different from the actual location. Um, but you'll be able to come by, grab a beer, grab some food, buy a book. Uh, I will sign your book for you uh, before you wake. And we have a lot of news to discuss. This, I suspect, is not going to be the lead story in the news tonight, and I think it should be. The FBI has announced 84 underage victims and 120 human traffickers arrested from October 12th to 15th as part of their annual human trafficking sting. The average age of the victim was 15 years old. The youngest, a three-month-old. People a three-month-old trafficked by people uh, in this country from Denver to El Paso and across the country this happened. Now, for those of you who don't know, I ran for office and unfortunately was elected. It was the most painful experience of my life. Uh, a city council tenure in Macon, Georgia. And the only issue I ran on was human trafficking because I realized that there were a bunch of Asian-themed massage parlors between my house and downtown, which was only a couple of miles, and they were all closed during the day and had lines out the door at night. And I couldn't figure out why and started researching and figuring out what was going on, many of them fronts for human trafficking. Um, and I, I campaigned on this issue to get them shut down. Most of them, thank God, are shut down now. Uh, before I left my seat, uh, the last thing I did was get a law passed that basically sit the, sick the regulators after them instead of taking the police off the police force to do it, and it worked. Uh, the crazy thing is these massage parlors didn't want like logs of visitors or light bulbs in certain rooms. They didn't like the fact that we prohibited people from spending the night on the premises. Uh, and now here we've got this situation. Agents arrived in Pecos, Texas, uh, and discovered a 16-year-old girl. They responded to an online advertisement for entertainment. When the FBI agent arrived, he was met by a 21-year-old woman who said that he could, well, engage with her and the 16-year-old for $200. A driver who drove the woman and the girl around were arrested. Uh, this happens across the country. It happens in Atlanta. You know, when I began researching this topic uh, when I was on city council, what I discovered is there is a presence in the Northwest United States connected to the Japanese mafia, of all things. And they engage a lot in the Southeast United States where they funnel human trafficking victims near military installations, not actually in the same cities where military installations are, but about 30 minutes, you draw, it's actually quite interesting. If you wanna do this, highlight on a map of Georgia, every military installation, and then go out about what would be a 30 minute drive and draw a circle around it and then list every massage parlor that you can find, you would be amazed at the correspondence. Uh, it, it really is striking. And w what they would do typically, a lot of these places are, everyone knows their fronts for prostitution, but people don't recognize their fronts for human trafficking. 
and they will get local land uh, landlords who are influential in the community to be their landlords. They don't know what's going on, but they know they don't want the local police shutting these businesses down, so they interfere at the local level to help keep them open. Uh, they're assisting a aiding and abetting human slavery. It is a horrifying thing that's happening and good for the FBI cracking down. So we are broadcasting live from Monday night's garage location tonight doing the book signing. Come on by after work. I'll be here till eight tonight signing books, broadcasting till seven. Uh, bring your book, grab a beer. Uh, they've got uh, you can buy food on location. It will be a great night. Uh, so come on by now. Uh, the other thing you need to know about this, and this is what I ran into on City Council in Macon when I was dealing with this issue, is you get a lot of people who say, well, yes, this is a big issue, but it's between consenting adults. And what people don't realize, they don't want to realize, is that in most cases it's not, because in many cases uh, there's a victim, and that victim is held against her will. And what she is told, and we discovered this during a police raid in Macon, actually, is the victims don't speak English and they're told repeatedly that if they are caught, uh, one, their family back home in their home country will be punished, and two, um, that the individual who is arrested will be punished by the American law enforcement. So they don't know anything about it. They don't speak the language. They've been told repeatedly that if they say anything, their family will be hunted down and killed or abused in some way, and that if the police get them, the police will abuse them in some way. So they're, they're scared out of their mind. They deny everything. They want to protect their family, and it gives local residents in your community plausible deniability to say it's not really happening here. We had a lot of libertine people in Macon, not libertarians, but libertine people in Macon who just thought that uh, I, I, in this crusade against these establishments, was just trying to shut down tax-paying businesses. Many of them, by the way, don't actually pay taxes. It happens over and over. What I found when I was on city council, the way we approached this issue, because one of the chief objections was that there were so many of them, we would be diverting law enforcement from real crime, as if there isn't real crime going on here. And what we did is we established a regulatory framework, which I, I know me, a small government conservative, uh, working with Democrats to increase regulations, but we went out to all the legitimate massage businesses and we said, what do you do? And they all had similar practices. They all kept logs of visitors. They had light bulbs in every room. They had clean towels in every room. They didn't sleep on premises and whatnot. And so we established regulations around what the legitimate businesses were already doing so they didn't have to comply. And, and you only had to do it when your business came up for renewal other than one random inspection between business, renew business license renewals. And they all went out of, overnight, many of these places closed up shops. Some of them are still around. Um, some of them still need to be shut down. But overwhelmingly, between my house and downtown, there were 10 of them. And those 10 are all gone now. And they didn't spring up overnight. There's been not a net new influx of these businesses in town. It is amazing, though, how people want to turn a blind eye. If you're, <clears throat> excuse me, just tuning in, again, the FBI has rescued 84 underage victims and 120 human traffickers in the United States last week. Many of those human trafficking victims were American citizens. Think about that. Eric Erickson here broadcasting live Monday Night Bruins garage location. We'll be back.
It's 25 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson broadcasting live from Monday Night Brewing's garage location. If you have an iPhone, you can put that into Maps and it will get you to the right place. I can't attest to Google. I tried on my Google app on my iPhone, which I do keep, and it sent me to the other location. So if you want to come and you don't have an iPhone, uh, but you do have a cell phone, text the word beer to 345-345. And I'll text you back the correct address to get your car here to the parking lot. Great, fantastic setup here. Huge facility. Lots of beers on tap. I'll be signing books as well. You can also get food out here. Um, Just a fun time tonight. So come on by. There is tons of other stuff to talk about, including Michael Bennett of the Seahawks, who thinks that the owners telling the players to stand is akin to slavery. Uh, the Dred Scott decision, the dreaded Dred Scott decision. Y'all, I listen, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but not every opinion is valid. And um, comparing, requiring players to stand before an NFL game to slavery kind of cheapens the whole thing, probably on both sides. Um, but particularly on the slavery side, you, you don't have to play for the NFL. You, you can give up the millions You don't have to play for them. You can go find a different job if you don't like it. Interestingly enough, the NFL ratings are declining. Now, I remember after the the president blew up and poisoned the well, uh, many on the left were cheering the fact that the Monday night football game involving the Dallas Cowboys, suddenly the ratings had gone up uh, three-tenths of one percent. And it was proof that more people were tuning into the NFL and more people were reacting negatively to the president. But in fact, um, ratings have now declined. Uh, week over week, TV viewing of the NFL is down. And they are not thrilled with this. They're not happy. And they, they're, try, they're having to respond. I have talked to so many people in the last couple of weeks who are not political. This is not a political issue for them. They don't care what the president said. Many of them don't like what the president said. They think the president made the situation worse, and yet they are deeply offended by the player protest in this way. They don't even care if the players want to protest. They just don't want them to protest in this way. And it has become a political issue for them. I've got a buddy of mine who is a telling me he's got a, a friend who's a Tennessee Titans fan who is is not a political person at all, doesn't even think he voted in this past election, and is has gotten rid of all of his Tennessee Titans um, stuff. Used to come to church in a Tennessee Titans jersey. He was such a fan and now doesn't um, because he's so offended by this. I, I think that the players underestimated a public reaction to this, and it's bearing out. Now, when we come back, we need to pivot to General Kelly's press conference today He's being attacked, savaged really, by a lot of reporters on Twitter for what he said. And what he said really wasn't bad at all. Uh, We will cover that and so much more here at Monday Night Brewing's Garage location. Text the word beer to 345-345. I'll send you back the address. Come on out. We're broadcasting live and signing books tonight till 8 o'clock.
It is 40 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson broadcasting from Monday Night Bruins Garage location. Welcome back. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. You can come on down to the garage location and grab a beer, some food, a book. I will sign your book. Uh, bring your book if you got it. Uh, happy to do that. General Kelly today had a very emotional press conference at the White House, and it's very unfortunate to see the partisanship of some members of the press attacking him this afternoon for not telling the public what they wanted him to say, which is unfortunate. So here's the background. As you recall yesterday, the president was accused by Congresswoman Wilson of Florida of calling a widowed uh, wife of one of the soldiers killed in Niger and uh, was told that, uh, according to the Congresswoman, the president said, your husband was doing what he loved. Uh, he knew the risks, but it, it's sad anyway, or something along those lines. And that this was deeply insulting. First of all, let us say that there is every reason to suspect that the wife and the mother were upset and angry. That wouldn't be surprising at all, actually. Um, in fact, one of the stories you heard about Barack Obama and George W. Bush repeatedly is how often um, they had to console um, mothers and wives who were deeply angry with them, having given the orders that got their son or their husband killed. And you have to let the grief and the anger stand on its own. And there's nothing you can do about it. And it's understandable. But the point General Kelly was making today to the press is that he was deeply angry with the press for running with this story because they, have, they ran with it trying to pick a fight. And they used a congresswoman who wanted to pick a fight to politicize someone's grief. And as he explained to the press, yes, the what he is accused of saying, but he did not say it in the way he was accused of having said it. That he had explained to the president who was asking him about the situation, about the loss of his son. He gave the orders that got his son killed in battle. And that he was explaining to the president that these men who do this, and the SEALs in particular, they're doing what they love. They, they are called to do it, they want to do it, and they're, they're doing what their passion is for, and they know the risks. And the president was relaying that to the wife, uh, what General Kelly had told him, that what happened to General Kelly's son applied also to her husband, that they were doing what they loved to do, they were doing what they wanted to do, they knew the risks, and it doesn't make it better, it doesn't make it, it doesn't relieve the sadness, it doesn't relieve the burden, um, but that is the situation. And it has now been blown up into a political controversy. And the worst part about it, honestly, is seeing members of the press this afternoon attacking General Kelly for having said that. That because he wasn't willing to condemn the president, but instead explain the president, uh, General Kelly is part of the problem. Uh, they cannot accept the fact that the president did not mean it in an insulting way. They cannot accept the fact the president was trying to be what wasn't trying to be insensitive. He he had to be insensitive. He had to be insulting. Uh, the way the press reads these things, which is we we've reached a new level of, of of just partisanship, even in the press. You know, as I said yesterday, I wanted to wait and hear what the president actually said. We we heard a paraphrase of his quote. We did not actually hear the president's quote. General Kelly all but confirms that the quote is accurate. 
but I do think it is notable that just given the context of the statements made, uh, and General Kelly who overheard the conversation, that it was somewhat taken out of context, the quote, by the Congresswoman. And this is where General Kelly's lecture to the press has gotten the press upset, that they wanted to take a situation that was a tragedy, where a soldier lost his life, and they wanted to turn it into a he said, she said, and what he said was terrible situation. When, as General Kelly explained it, it wasn't. In fact, he was so deeply angry by the press and the Congresswoman turning the death of a soldier into a partisan event. He said he wound up going out to Arlington today and walking among the graves of soldiers, many of whom died because he had given orders um, that caused them to die. Now, there is another issue that is surfacing, and it is the death of this SEAL and others in combat in Niger. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to say Niger, as some people on um, the media are intending that everyone should say. I'm an American. It's pronounced Niger by Americans. I'm going to say it that way. Um, and that is, they're trying to compare this situation to Benghazi, because they've got to have their own Benghazi to pin on Donald Trump, since uh, the conservatives uh, pin Benghazi on Barack Obama. There's a problem with that, though, that I want to get into when we come back from Monday Night Bruins Garage location, where I'm broadcasting live. It's Eric Erickson here on WSB. My goodness, um, Business Insider has a survey out on the most popular fast food chains in each state. Let's see, one, two, three, and District of Columbia. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So out of 50 states, 41 of them, well, 51 here, so, so all but nine, including the District of Columbia, the favorite brand, the favorite fast food chain is Chick-fil-A. Proving that the District of Columbia is full of garbage people who eat garbage, and apparently so is North Dakota. McDonald's is the number one brand in the District of Columbia and North Dakota. Uh, Wendy's, interestingly enough, in New Hampshire. Uh, Utah and Texas, it is in and out um, Culver's in Oklahoma, Popeye's in South Dakota, Cane's in California, White Castle in Nevada, and one I've never heard of, Taco Bueno. Uh, Taco Bueno is in Oklahoma. It's uh, Culver's in Kansas. Uh, everywhere else, oh, in Hawaii. Hawaii, oddly enough, is Popeye's Fried Chicken in Hawaii. Everywhere else, Chick-fil-A is the number one fast food brand. Pretty impressive for Chick-fil-A, particularly considering it's also the number one fast food chain in New York, and supposedly everybody in New York hates it. You know, I walked up 6th Avenue uh, when I was up there two weeks ago, and there were three Chick-fil-A's just on 6th Avenue. Good for them. When we come back, uh, we need to get into what President Bush said today. It is ruffling feathers in the White House, and also... Uh, well, there's the real pet peeve about Niger. Is it pronounced Niger or Niger, as the woman on CNN said earlier today? And is it equivalent to Benghazi? We'll discuss from Monday Night Brewing's garage location. Three, two, one, zero. 
engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It's 10 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson broadcasting live from Monday Night Brewing's brand spanking new garage location. This is a cavernous, beautiful facility they've got on the Beltline. Uh, fantastic. Come on by. If you're if you got an iPhone, uh, just put in Monday Night Brewing Garage and it'll get you the address here. Uh, otherwise, you can text the word beer to 345-345 and I will get you... Uh, the address for the parking lot, uh, the address of the facility in the parking lot, there are two different addresses. We'll make it easy, as easy as we can to get you here. Broadcasting live, you can have a beer. I will sign your book. Uh, come on by, see how the magic happens, the magic of radio. Let's get into Niger. First of all, the, I have a pet peeve that we need to discuss, and that is the propensity of members of the media to say uh, Niger. Uh, instead of saying Niger, they, they don't want to say Niger. Winston Churchill, I think, probably has my favorite quote on this. Fortune is rightly malignant to those who break with the traditions and customs of the past. Ankara is banned unless in bracelet in bracket form. If we do not make a stand, we shall in few weeks be asked to call Leghorn Livorno and the BBC will be pronouncing Paris Paris. Foreign names were made for Englishmen and not Englishmen for foreign names. Amen. I completely agree with him. Um, these, you know, it's like when we had the Olympics in Turin, Italy, and you had Katie Couric talking, Turino, nobody knew where Turino was. It wasn't on an American map. Uh, foreign names are made for Englishmen, not Englishmen for foreign names. Uh, good for Winston Churchill. So let's dispense with this. But... One of the things that is happening in this, and there's a lot we don't know, and that is that the left is immediate, is seizing upon the Niger situation and declaring it Trump, Donald Trump's Benghazi, which is factual, fatuous nonsense. It is amazing to me how the left is desperate to find some comparisons. And first of all, I think we should note, you're a good man, I just got a beer delivered. You should note that the troops in Niger were there not under orders from Donald Trump, but under existing orders from Barack Obama, following the rules of engagement of the Obama administration, which included a prohibition on armed drones in the territory that the Obama administration agreed to with the government of Niger. You should also note that there were uh, 29 patrols that have been conducted without enemy contact in the last six months. And now this happened where a number of our special forces, special operators were killed. So the question is, should I have this beer considering I've literally had nothing to eat today? It could make the show exciting. It could, potentially. So why is Niger not Benghazi? I think there's a very simple reason why. No member of the Trump administration has gone on national television to lie about the circumstances. They've all said it's under investigation, and there's a lot we don't know. If you will recall, with the situation in Benghazi, it happened on September 11th in the year of the presidential election, and the Obama administration rushed to national television to lie about it that it was protests that got out of hand, there was no time to respond, and people died. 
we now know that a lot of that isn't actually true. First of all, it was not a protest, it was an organized attack. Secondly, there was a YouTube video that was blamed for the, the protest in Cairo and in Benghazi. And in fact, uh, that YouTube video had nothing to do with either. We also know that there was a chaotic situation where time, they ran out the clock on being able to send people, although there were people who wanted to go and there were special operators who wound up going. We don't know any of that about this. And so, you know, this could be a Benghazi situation where people wanted to go help and they were denied by the chain of command the ability to go, but we don't know that. We don't know a lot about the situation. What we know is that special operators got killed in Niger and the Pentagon is investigating to see how they were ambushed. But that's also the other thing, that these were individuals out on, in, in location, on a patrol, and they were ambushed. In Benghazi, it was a fixed location of an American complex where the ambassador was and they, the gates were stormed. And it was planned out, scoped out, uh, and executed with a ham-fisted response by an American government where they went on national television because they were in the midst of a presidential campaign and they lied to the American public about it was, that it was a protest that got out of hand that Al-Qaeda took advantage of, and that it was a YouTube video that sparked those protests. There's also another reason why I think these things are different, uh, and I think they're, they're relevant and notable for showing that they're different. And that is that the situation in Libya descended into chaos because of the actions of the Obama administration to remove Muammar Gaddafi, who had not in fact been in a situation to cause us or our national interests any problems. In Niger, we were on patrol against ISIS elements that are building terror cells in Africa to threaten our national interests. The fact that the left doesn't even want the intellectual honesty to distinguish between these, they're just desperate for something to pin on the Trump administration as this is their Benghazi, is just a load of horse manure. And they should know it, but they don't want to know it. Uh, because they don't want a sense of history. They don't want to acknowledge history. It's much like these students at the University of Wisconsin who very much now want to get rid of a statue of Abraham Lincoln on campus. They actually, at the University of Wisconsin, they have staged a die-in to protest the existence of an Abraham Lincoln statue. I'll give you the details when we come back. I'm broadcasting live from Monday Night Bruins Garage location, and you can call in as well, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 25 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson broadcasting from Monday Night Brewing's garage location. Come on by. Uh, you can have a beer. I'll sign your book. Get something to eat. It is a great, great setup. Great facility. The University of Wisconsin students, they're protesting that the University of Wisconsin has a statue of Abraham Lincoln. So they have done a die-in. That is where they surround the statue and pretend to die. And they actually hung a sign around Abraham Lincoln's neck that said, decolonize our campus. That's the hashtag they used. Hashtag decolonize our campus. They actually did this. 
everyone thinks of Lincoln as the great, you know, oh, I'm sorry, this is a college student talking. So everybody thinks of Lincoln as like the great, you know, by the way, the word, the phrase, you know, is in the actual quote as the like great, you know, freer of slaves. But let's be real. He owned slaves. And as natives, we want people to know that he ordered the execution of native men like, okay. So what they're protesting is the 38 Dakota men. Now, what actually happened here? What they're talking about, the mass hanging of 38 Dakota men. Now, there were over 300 who were actually sentenced to death in the 1862 Dakota War. This was during the American Civil War, an American Indian War broke out in the Dakota Territory, and Lincoln had to divert troops from the Civil War to the Dakotas. A bunch of American civilian settlers were killed by them. 300 of these Indians were ordered to be killed, and only 38 were. Why? Because Abraham Lincoln insisted on commuting the sentences of any man who could not be proven to have actually committed the crime himself. Now, this was a big deal because the Dakota Indians had killed 800 or more men, women, and children on the Minnesota frontier. And Lincoln commuted the overwhelming majority of the sentences despite protests by his own advisors, by the settlers in Minnesota, and by his chief cabinet officers. And he only executed 38 of them out of more than 300 sentenced to die for the deaths of 800 defenseless men, women, and children. These were not armed civilians, armed people, by the way. And so the University of Wisconsin students are protesting Abraham Lincoln sentencing to die 38 individuals who were proven to have actually murdered women and children. And that's what they're outraged by. They have no sense of history. You know, a federal court today in a two-to-one decision, the, North, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals has ordered a cross to be taken down. It's a war memorial that was built after World War I in a community, and they're ordering the cross be taken down because it was built in the form of a cross a hundred years ago. It was built in the form of a cross. This is a, the iconoclasm is coming from people who have not only no sense of history, but want to rewrite history as well. It's a dangerous thing. It's 40 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson, broadcasting live from Monday Night Bruins Garage location. Come on down. If you have an iPhone, you can put it in just Monday Night Brewing Garage. It'll get you to the right location. Uh, or you can text the word beer to 345-345. It will get you there as well by texting you back the correct address for the location. It's a fantastic facility down here as well. You need to come see it. They have done a fantastic job um, getting things uh, organized down here. Just a huge cavernous facility. And you can see the very awesome mural of the dinosaurs fighting each other with lightsabers. Yes, you can. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am not going to be here tomorrow, and you should know why. I will be in Los Angeles on Bill Maher's show on HBO tomorrow night. So you can tune in 
and see if I make a fool of myself. You know, I've had a number of people who have been upset with me for going to his show. Don't, don't I know who that is? Yes, I know who it is. He's wanted me on for a number of years, uh, eight years, I think. And uh, for a number of them, when I was at CNN, uh, it took me a while to decide I wanted to do it. And then I kept having conflicts to do it. And then when I got to Fox, they wouldn't let me do it. Um, and now I'm on a book tour, so I get to do it. So I'm going to be on Bill Maher's show tomorrow night. Uh, there is, so that you know, you can see Uranus without a telescope. No, I'm not talking about taking a trip to Washington, D.C. No, the actual planet, uh, Uranus, I'm sorry. Nowadays, like we're supposed to say Niger instead of Niger, we're supposed to say Uranus instead of Uranus because of the implications and the punchline. Um, Time Magazine has this article of that, that Uranus is 1.7 billion miles away Thursday night. You'll be able to see it without the help of a telescope in the southwest sky. Late at night, when it's dark, you'll see a faint bluish-green glow. I'm going to read you the correction. This from people who consider themselves pro-science. This is the correction they had to append to the story. The original version of this story misstated the position of Uranus. I'm sorry, because this is time they would have said Uranus. The original version of the story misstated the position of Uranus in relation to the Earth and Sun. Uranus will not come between the Earth and Sun. Yes, my friends, they actually did a news article that posited that Uranus would come between the Earth and the Sun causing an eclipse on the planet if it did that in some way, no doubt. This is crazy, but facts, who needs them? We are at the point where, where facts don't matter. And that comes as Steve Bannon wages his war on the Republican Party. So let's go to the phones before I get to that point because it's related to what I want to get to. John in Atlanta, you are up first tonight, welcome. Hey, Eric. Uh, I was just calling to see if you thought it was any coincidence that the Clintons gave away 20% of the uranium to the Russians, and then it just so happens that here a few months or a year, few years later, we've got the Russians' next-door neighbors popping up with nuclear weapons that we're having to worry about. Do you think there's any, uh, you know, any coincidence there? I don't believe in coincidences, John, and no, I, I don't think there is. It, it wouldn't surprise me if some got funneled there. Actually, what I, if I had to guess what would happen is the Russians gave the uranium to Iran, and Iran gave the uranium to the North Koreans. Uh, it tends to happen that way. It is the Iranians and the North Koreans who have been trading back and forth like this. The Russians want to technically have clean hands. Uh, and, and this all plays into this Russian bribery scandal. Uh, Senator Barrasso uh, from, where is he, Wyoming, has subpoenaed records from the FBI demanding to know uh, what the FBI knows about the bribery. There are some people saying that this is uh, a, a spin campaign, that it didn't really happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I don't know for sure. What I do know is that the Russians um, seem to have dirty hands in this and aren't afraid to bribe people. And that gets me back to the Bannon stuff, where he's rushing out with a bunch of candidates who are seizing on a lot of these stories, some of them rather kooky stories. And I just, I, I'm not sure that Bannon is picking candidates who can actually 
not only beat the incumbents, but if they do beat the incumbents, beat the Democrats. It seems like he's out to just destroy the Republican Party. Perhaps maybe to, to remake it in his own image, I'm not sure. But I, I'm not sure that he really has what it takes to get these candidates elected. One of them is a felon. One of them believes in chemtrails. I'm not sure if he's supporting the woman who said she's a thousand years old and has seen aliens. But these aren't great candidates. And I'm just not sure that we need candidates who aren't viable. I, I think we need candidates to challenge the Republican establishment. We, the Republican establishment needs to be beaten. But if we just put up crap candidates to try to beat them, we're not actually going to beat them. And not only are we not going to beat them, but if we get general election wins because we picked them off in the primary, they're going to lose to Democrats in a year that is increasingly shaping up is looking very bad for the GOP. All of these retirements that are happening right now, they're a big red flag that uh, Republican congressmen are getting scared of getting beaten. Keep that in mind. Eric Erickson here broadcasting live from Monday Night Brewing. I'll be here for another hour. Come on by. It's 55 after the hour. The show's about to end, and I'm still going to stick around for another hour here at Monday Night Brewing's garage location. Come on by. I'll start signing books here in another three or four minutes. And then I head to Los Angeles. Uh, I haven't been out there in a very long time, and I've never really been in downtown L.A. before. I'm actually in a hotel on Wilshire Boulevard, of all places. Uh, so it should be an interesting time on Bill Maher's show tomorrow night. Y'all, there is a national travesty that has happened, and you need to know about it. This is actually a scandal of epic proportions, and you're going to be as horrified as I am. A fashion designer has come up with the jean thong. It is a pair of jeans fashioned into a thong. Yes. Y'all, there's a special place in hell for this fashion designer for subjecting Americans to this. Because you've been to a beach and you see the people who wear thongs and it ain't the people that you want to see wearing the thongs. It's all the people who should never, ever even consider it, who do it. And they're going to wear the jean thong. And it's going to be like denim butt floss. And that's not going to be pleasant for any of us. They're going to do this. I can only hope that if a man does it, that there's a zipper and something gets caught.